This anointed teaching by Apostle Theo Volmerans comes to you from Christian Family Church International. Father, we thank you for this wonderful opportunity we have to come together as your children and worship you, study your word. I make it known that I'm not trusting or depending on limited human abilities to teach, but I'm trusting in you. And therefore, I know without doubt that you anoint my mind, that I might grasp the revelation that will rise in abundance from my heart within. Thank you now for supernatural recall of the scripture. And I believe that my word will flow. Your, my word, the, your word will flow from my mouth smoothly, accurately, clearly, without hindrance from anything, carried by your anointing, your power, and your love to each person's mind and the sound of my voice, bringing understanding, removing confusion, and that your will enter every heart, bringing faith, dispelling fear, and we'll be giving you all the praise, the honor, and glory for all that's revealed and accomplished through your word and by your spirit here today, in Jesus' name. And all as the love of the Lord said, Amen. Praise God. You may be seated. Uh, sound engineers, I'd like a little more monitor, please. I'm at an 8. I'd like to go up to a 10. Thank you. All right. This morning's message is faith conquers. Say that. Faith, faith. Conquers. conquers. Now, there are examples of how God's ordinary people called upon and acted upon the Word just by simple faith, experienced great miracles in their lives. One of those examples is Joshua fought the battle of Jericho. Let's open our Bibles, please, if you don't mind, to Joshua chapter 6 and verse 2. I'm reading from the New King James translation. Joshua chapter 6 and verse 2. And the Lord said to Joshua, See how I have given Jericho into your hand, its king and the mighty men of valor. Now take your pen and put a circle around the word have. I have given into your hand. So God didn't say, I'm going to. He has. Before Jericho was conquered, God said, I have given it to you. Right? It's yours. It's yours even though you haven't conquered it. Got that? You shall march around the city, all you men of war. You shall go all around the city once. This you shall do six days. And seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of rams, horns, before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. It shall come to pass when they make a long blast with a ram's horn. And when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shall shout with a great shout, then the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up, every man straight before him. Now skip to verse 16. And the seventh time it happened, when the priests blew the trumpets, that Joshua said to the people, shout, for the Lord has given you the city. Again, take a pen and put a circle around the word has. Has. Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. Now the walls are up, but God says, shout because it's your city. Go down to verse 20. So the people shouted when the priest blew the trumpets, and it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, and the people shouted the great shout, that the wall fell down flat, 
Then the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. Now, Joshua 6, verse 2, And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand. Just a reminder of what we read there. Now, does this mean that Joshua and the Israelites are going to wait for the people of Jericho to leave? Because God said, I've given you the city. Is God telling the Israelites, now sit down and wait for the people of Israel to walk out? No, he's not saying that at all. I've given you the city, but you still have to go and take possession of it, even though I've given it to you. You see, God has given us many things in the Word, but we still have to take possession of it. And we talk about that today, how to take possession. Now, Joshua and the Israelites had to do something. Even though God said it was theirs, they had to rise up and take it. They had to go and take possession of what was theirs. God told them how to take possession. They had to march around the city seven days, once per day. Then on the seventh day, they had to march around it seven times. Then they had to shout and blow the trumpets. They had to shout a victory shout and keep shouting. Notice this. They had to shout while the walls were still standing. They had to shout, we have the city, it's ours, because God said it's ours. Not because the walls are down. We're shouting because God said it's ours. They're shouting because God said it's ours, even though the wall is standing. So we've got to shout the praise of God that I am healed because he said I am, even though I don't feel healed. Do you see the difference? Yeah, see what I'm saying? Okay. It's easy to shout when the walls fall down. It doesn't take any faith to do that. Once the walls fell, everybody shouted. Even the unbelievers shout then. It's easy to shout when you see the miracle. But we have to shout and praise God before we see any change in our body. I am healed. Why? Because God said I am. So I'm praising God and I'm shouting because God said I have it. They're shouting because God said it's your city. That's all that was necessary. God said it. That settles it. The walls are immaterial. The walls are not involved here. The walls are nothing. When God says I've given it to you, it's ours. The walls are nothing. They don't matter. But to shout a victory shout while you're staring your problem in the face, in the face takes faith. Faith calls those things that do not exist as though they do exist. Faith says, I have it, even though you can't see it. Faith calls those things that do not exist as though they do exist. Faith says, we have conquered the city while the walls are still standing. So that I have conquered even though the problem is still staring at me. Just because God said it. God's word is the evidence of the thing not seen. Say that God's word is the evidence of the thing not seen. God's word is evidence that I am prospering, I am well, I am successful, I am saved, I am a soul winner, because God said it. God said he loves me, therefore he loves me. Amen.
So most Christians say this praising God is a demonstration of my faith in God's Word. When they, when you answer that phone, just tell them I'm in a meeting. I can't take the call right now. Most Christians are waiting for God to do something, then they're going to shout. We're supposed to shout because God said it. That settles it. They want to see it, then they'll believe it. I want to see it, then I'll believe it. You've heard the world say, seeing is believing. Well, that's not how faith works. That's a lie. There Believing results in seeing. It's the other way around. It's the easiest thing in the world to get lulled into passivity and not use our faith. It's the easiest thing in the world to stop using faith. It's the easiest thing in the world to stop using our faith. I know from personal experience, this is something I've had to deal with in my life, to guard against all the time to make sure I'm staying active in my faith. That's one reason I like to teach on faith. This is something I have to guard against myself. When I teach on faith, I focus my attention again to the subject and strengthen my faith, build my faith up. That's why I like to teach it. I teach on faith for myself as much as I teach on it for you. Go to Luke 5, verse 18. Luke 5, 18. In your New Testament. Then behold, men brought on a bed, a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before Jesus. And when they, had, when they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling into the midst before Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to him, Man, your sins are forgiven you. So how can you see faith? If I look across here, can I see your faith? Jesus saw their faith because they took the tiles off the roof and let the man down on the stretcher before Jesus because there's no way to get him in front of Jesus, there were too many people around. So they took the tiles off the roof, and obviously all of them had faith, especially the man. Otherwise, they wouldn't have done that, right? So you could see their faith. Jesus said to the man, verse 24, uh, verse 20, he said, your sins are forgiven you. Say this, the moment you believe in Jesus, you are forgiven. You can write that, write, write down Romans 3.22 right there in your Bible, which tells us all those who believe are righteous in the eyes of God, all right? So the moment you believe, you are righteous in the eyes of God, okay? So your sins are forgiven you. You didn't ask for it, but just believing gave it to him. 24. I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Immediately he rose up before them, took up what he had been lying on, and departed to his own house, glorifying God. So he said to the paralyzed man, take up your bed 
and go to your house. Now, it's obvious that this man on a stretcher had faith. Otherwise, he would not have allowed his friends to take him up on the house. Because if his friends said, I want to take you up on the house and take off the tiles and hit you down, if he had no faith, he would have said, now, hang on a second. If you drop me, I'm going to be in worse shape than I am. Right? And if his friends didn't have faith, and he was saying, take me up on the house, they would have said, now look, that's crazy. There's too many people here. We can't get you inside. We're not going up there. That's craziness. We're not going to destroy the man's house. Sorry, we're not. Let's come back another time. But they had faith, obviously. Otherwise, they wouldn't have tried. Now, Jesus said, take up your bed and go home. The man could have said to Jesus, how can I get up and take my bed and carry it until you pray for me. Can't you see? I can't walk. I wouldn't have come down here on the stretcher if I could walk. First pray for me, and then I will get up and take my bed and go. Now, a person with reason would have said that. First pray for me, and then I will get up and walk. But he didn't. He didn't do that. Jesus just said to him, take your bed, get up, and go home. And the man got up, as we read, took his bed and went home. So the moment he began to move, the power of God healed him. The moment he acted on what Jesus said, the power healed him. While he was lying there still, nothing happened. If Jesus said to him, get up, take your bed and go, and he lay there for five minutes and didn't move, he would have been crippled for those five minutes. But the moment he began to get up, the power of God healed him, and he got up. He acted on what Jesus said. That's the evidence of his faith, is acting on what Jesus said. That proves he believes. That first act was faith in God's word. Now, if you are a tither, Remember, you have seed in the ground, you have a harvest all around you, and you can call in your harvest anytime you want to. Philippians 4.19 says, And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. My God shall supply all your need. So you can claim your financial needs met. Whatever it is you are trusting God for. You know, a few months ago, at the beginning of this year, I had a dream. I dreamt I was walking in a neighborhood that I'd never been in before. Walking down this small street, and it was beautiful. On both sides of the street, there were all sorts of flowers and beautiful gardens and beautiful houses and beautiful apartments. And so somehow I walked into these apartments and I walked down this passage and there were apartments on both sides and I went into them and everybody, there was nobody in any of these apartments, nobody in any of them, but the furniture was, every apartment had different furniture, a different theme and they were, it was beautifully arranged with beautiful photos and pictures and flowers and the furniture was beautiful, the carpeting, the tiling, the kitchen, 
It was spacious and nice and big. Every apartment, every house. I walked in and out of these houses, house after house, and every house had a different theme of furniture. And I marveled at the beauty and the, and the creativity of the different designs of furniture, the different look and feel, and how magnificent it all was. All homely, all comfortable. You, feel, you could feel, I belong here. This is where I want to live. And that's how I felt in every single, I walked in, it seemed like forever, just walking in and out of these houses, down the street, and um, apartment blocks, and uh, it seemed to like this dream just carried on and on and on. And then I woke up, and the Lord said to me, this is what I want to do for my children. If only they were dared to believe me. I'll give it to them. If only they will dare to believe me, it's all there waiting for them. You see, Jesus said, this is how you pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. God wants us to enjoy heavenly living down here. That's why he told us to pray that prayer. God wants to bless us, child of God. But we get like, like this flea. You know the story about the flea in a glass? They put the flea in a glass, and they put a glass on top of the flea on the glass. So the flea would jump out of the glass and bump his head on the glass lid and fall down. And every time he jumped up, it hit the glass lid until eventually he knew how high he could jump without hitting his head. And so they took the lid off, and the flea would jump up where the lid was and come down. Never jumped out the glass, because he got conditioned to jumping that high. Now, we have been conditioned by circumstances from the time we were born to live the way we live. And we don't understand that God wants heavenly living for his children. We're not accepting what God wants to do for us. We need to, child of God, make a note, write down what it is that you trust in God for, and then begin to confess, this is what I have, I have the money for it, and I'm debt free. It doesn't matter what your education is. It doesn't matter what color your skin is. It doesn't matter where you are born, what side of the track you're born on. What matters is the faith in your heart. God will give you whatever you believe in for. Whatever you believe in for, God will do for you. Dare to believe God for the best in life, and He'll give it to you. Amen? Pastor Bev and I are always believing God for more, stretching our faith. I want to encourage you to do the same thing. Amen? Philippians 4.19. My God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory. According to his riches and glory. If you are facing sickness, boldly declare Numbers 14, 28. Say to them, as I live, says the Lord, just as you have spoken in my hearing, so I will do to you. God says, as you speak in my presence, that's what I'll do for you. That's what I'll do for you. 
God's waiting to hear what you're going to say. But we say all the wrong things, child of God. We talk about our circumstances as they are. We don't speak to circumstances as we want them to be. I don't know if you know how a thermostat works. If you've ever been into an air-conditioned building, you set the number on the thermostat and the air-conditioner brings the temperature to that number. So if the house is, is 35 degrees centigrade and you want it at 25, you put 25 into the thermostat and then you wait about half an hour and the house will be 25 inside. That's how it works. Now say this. Say this. I set the temperature in the house by punching the number I want into the thermostat. And the temperature comes into line. Now I said this. I change the circumstances of my life by saying what I want them to be. And then they come in line. Amen. Amen. Say to them, as I live, says the Lord, just as you have spoken in my hearing, so I'll do to you. Isaiah 53, 4, surely Christ has borne our sicknesses and carried our pains, and by his stripes we are healed. 1 Peter 2, 24, by his stripes you were healed. Even though your body may be full of pain, keep confessing these scriptures and say this. Say this, please. Since Jesus was sick on the cross with my sicknesses, Christ took them. God says, I am well. Then I resist Satan's sicknesses. I do not allow them into my body, which belongs to Christ. I do not allow them into my body, which belongs to Christ. Do you believe that your body belongs to Christ? Well, can God be sick? Can God be sick? No. So Christ was never sick, right? Of course not, obviously. Now, the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 12, 27, that we are the body of Christ. Say that. 1 Corinthians 12, 27. I am the body of Christ. The Bible tells us in Ephesians 5, 30, that I'm the body of Christ, that I'm bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. Say that. Ephesians 5.30 says, I am the body of Christ. I am bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. Now, 1 Corinthians 22 tells us that Christ is the head and 1 Corinthians 12, uh, 1 Corinthians, sorry, 1 Corinthians 1.22, Christ is the head, and 1 Corinthians 1.23 says, we are his body. He's the head, we the body of one man, of one man, the same man. So that Christ is the head, 
and I'm the body. Christ is the head. I'm the body of one man. The body of Christ is one body and has one head. Jesus is the head. So now, we see these three scriptures that confirm it's a doctrine that you are the body of Christ and there are many more. So if you are the body of Christ, how can you be sick? How can you be sick? We are not to accept this. Christ took our sicknesses. We have, let, we have allowed the devil to put his sicknesses on us. Because Christ took mine. So Christ took mine on the cross. And I will refuse to let the devil put his sicknesses on me. I'm the body of Christ. I'm staying well. I resist sickness. I resist pain. I resist sickness. I resist pain. In the name of Jesus, I don't accept it. I resist it. I am the healed, resisting sickness. I am staying well in Jesus' name. I have what I say in the presence of God. I am the body of Christ, and I'm staying well. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know if it's helping you, but it's preaching. I'm preaching myself happy. So we praise God because he said we are well. Like Joshua praised God for the victory before the walls fell. The word of God says it's ours. And God's word is the evidence that we are well. We praise God because he says we are well. 1 Peter 2.24, Isaiah 53.4. All of us have to apply faith the same way. None of us get anything any differently. So that no Christian gets anything differently. We all have to apply faith the same way. So faith works the same in every dimension, in every realm. Faith works the same in every realm. One Timothy six twelve, fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. Now God could have said fight the fight of faith, but He said good fight. It's because we win. When you're in faith, you're a winner. You can't lose. So there's nothing can stop God's word from working for me. There'll always be a fight to faith. The fight to faith never goes away because the devil is always pulling on the other side trying to pull you down. It's a good fight because we always win. God is encouraging us to step out the boat and walk on the water. Jesus will be there to hold our hand when we do step out the boat. When we begin to use our faith, child of God, God will always be there to encourage us each step of the way. He doesn't abandon us. I remember when Natalie and Candace were small, and now that our grandchildren, we've still got small ones. When they were learning to walk, I used to enjoy taking them by the hand and then take one of two steps. You know how they used to do that? 
And they used to stagger along and stumble a bit. And they used to be so happy that they were walking. They'd hold your hand there, your finger with their hand. That's how God wants to guide us from babyhood stage in our steps of faith. He loves us and wants to help us each step of the way. The Holy Spirit's there to guide us to grow in faith. Amen? God is saying, you can do this. Just trust me, I'll be there. I'm helping you. All the way. Say this, dear Father in heaven, I thank you for making me rich to finance the gospel. I thank you for prospering me to finance the gospel. I thank you for making me rich to finance the gospel. And I thank you, Father, for keeping me well to spread the gospel. I thank you, Father, for keeping me well to spread the gospel. And I so say this. Thank you for keeping me well so I can work in your kingdom. So I can lay up treasure in heaven. Thank you for keeping me well so I can work in your kingdom and lay up treasure in heaven. Praise the Lord. Let's raise our hands and praise God like Joshua. Now say this, Father God, thank you for your prospering me. Thank you for keeping me well. Thank you for guiding me every day. Thank you for protecting me and my family from all harm. Thank you for protecting me and my family from all harm. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. All right, every head bowed, please, every eye closed. Every head bowed, please, every eye closed. How many would say, Apostle Theo, I want to be sure this is not time to leave or move. This is time to close your eyes, bow your heads. When you walk out now like this, then you're going to give people the impression that this is not important. And now a soul that's not saved could get up and walk out with you and then you'll be responsible for them going to hell just by being impatient and running out the service at the altar call. Not a good idea. You don't want to get into trouble with the Lord, right? So sit down and partake, participate of this very important part of the meeting. People are going to go from death into life, hell to heaven. And you can upset that by moving around. You should be sitting down praying earnestly for these souls. Care for the souls. Care for the lost. All right. Heads bowed, eyes closed. We'll start again. If you're here this morning, you don't know where you're going when you die. You can be assured that you will go to heaven. You can be assured that you will go to heaven. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I'm going to say a little prayer right now. And when I do, God will speak to your heart and give you the assurance that you will go to heaven when you die. You will go. That you are forgiven and you are God's child. If you want that assurance in your heart today, God will give it to you right now in your seat. If you invite Him to do so. 
If you invite God to speak to your heart, He will. By simply raising your hand when I count to three. And if you'll raise your hand when I count to three, God will speak to you and give you that assurance. So I'm going to count to three and then I'm going to pray for everybody. One prayer. And when I do, God will give you that assurance you are saved. All right, here we go. Raise those hands when I count. One, two, three. Thank you. I see hands all over going up. Keep your hands raised now. Here's my hand, Dr. Theo. I want to be sure I go to heaven one day. I want to be sure I go to heaven one day. Here's my hand. I don't want to go to hell. Please help me. Here's my hand. Keep those hands raised. Somebody's coming to put their hands on your shoulders right now. To let you know we love you and Jesus loves you while I pray and say this little prayer. All right. Everybody, please say the prayer with me. Everybody. Dear God in heaven, thank you for sending Jesus to die on that cross in my place. You punished him. You punished Jesus for my sins so I can be forgiven. Thank you, Lord. Come into my heart and forgive me for all of my sins. Thank you, Jesus. I declare you are the Lord of my life. And from this day, I will live for you with all my heart till I see you face to face. Thank you, Jesus, for accepting me as your child. Praise God. I am saved, bound for heaven. God is my father. I'm God's child. Amen and amen. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerans. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. Dot com.